This is an ABC podcast. Hi, friends. It's Ruby here, and this is news time. Good day, Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Every week, we scour the universe to find interesting and incredible news stories, and then we count them down from number five to number one. This week, we'll find out about what might be able to fix a massive mouse problem. We'll hang out with some intrepid astronauts in a place you wouldn't normally go looking for astronauts. We'll sashay down the runway with the stars of Australian Fashion Week, find out more about the coronavirus vaccine and why kids aren't getting it just yet. Then we'll discover the secret hiding spot of some deadly desert creatures. Yikes. Don't worry, you'll be safe with me. What do you reckon? Should we start the countdown? I'm ready. Yeah. Let's go. Story number five. Mice might not be very big, but they are causing a huge problem across some parts of Australia right now. When there are millions of mice all in the same spot, that's called a plague. And plagues of mice are big trouble. All your cheese that you have would go into their belly and when you want to eat cheese and crackies, then there will be no cheese to eat. But it's not just cheese. These millions of mice are nibbling their way through almost everything. They're eating the crops growing on farms, damaging houses and bringing diseases that can make humans sick too. So people have been trying all sorts of ways to control the mice. You would get a cage and then you would hide behind your lounge and when the mice come in, you let the cage down and trap the mice. Traps are one way to catch mice. But now some researchers in South Australia are turning to some feathered friends looking for another way they might be able to do it. They are building nest boxes for barn owls in the hopes that some of them might decide to move in. Because barn owls are one of the main predators of mice. That's right. Owls love to eat mice. So more owls might mean fewer mice. If you have mice, the owl will eat it and then when you wake up, there's no more mice in your house. That is sort of the idea, but it's not quite that simple. Some scientists think there are just too many mice for the owls to control. But the researchers say barn owls are excellent pest controllers and it's worth a shot to control this pesky plague. Now it's time for... Story number four. When you go for a dip, you might like to stay at the shallow end of the pool where you can touch the bottom with your feet. Or if you use floaties or you're a really good swimmer, you might paddle out into the deep end. At the deep end of the pool, it's usually about two metres from the top to the bottom. But now I want you to imagine a pool with a deep end that's really, really deep. 152 kilometres deep. Okay, whoa, not that deep. On the other side of the world, in the United Kingdom, there are plans being made to build the world's deepest pool. On the surface, it will be 50 metres long and 40 metres wide. 
That's about the same area as four basketball courts side by side. And then, at the deep end of the pool, it will plunge down to 50 metres deep. And, well, let me put it this way. Nine giraffes standing on top of each other wouldn't be able to reach the bottom. Whoa, that's scary. It is a little bit scary, but this pool isn't for us regular swimmers. It's going to be used by astronauts. Somebody that goes to space in a rocket. Yep, before they head into space, astronauts will train in this pool. So they can float in space. You got it. Astronauts like to practice in water because it helps them feel weightless, like they do in space, where there's much less gravity. They need to learn how to dive and glide and float and practice doing their experiments in their big suits to get them ready for life at the International Space Station. And speaking of big fancy suits, it's time for our next story. Story number three. Now, my darlings, I want to talk about fashion. There's no more glamorous event on a fashionista's calendar than Australian Fashion Week. It's a show where you show off fashion clothes and fashion hats. You know it. And it was an exciting time at this year's Australian Fashion Week because there was the first ever runway show featuring only First Nations people. The models on the catwalk, the musicians, the designers, the dressmakers, and all of the people working behind the scenes, like hair and makeup artists, they were all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Aboriginal people really like fashion. Well, these fashionistas certainly do. The organisers of Australian Fashion Week say that First Nations people and their countries often inspire fashion. So this event was important because it lets them take charge and celebrate their cultures and showcase their talents. And the audience loved it. They cheered and clapped and gave the show a standing ovation. They were giving them a round of applause because all the clothes and their hair was really good. So good. At the show, there was an important message painted in the background. It said, this is not a moment, this is a movement. That means that shows like this one shouldn't only happen once, because First Nations fashion is here to stay. And now it's time for us to move on to... Story number two. You might have heard about lots of grown-ups in your life getting a little something called a vaccine. Vaccines are part of protecting the community from coronavirus. It's a virus that you get really sick. A virus that made the world go into lockdown. That's the one. And nobody wants to get coronavirus. No way. One way to stop it is with a vaccine. Vaccines work by teaching our bodies how to fight a virus. And they're often injected into our bodies through a needle. If lots of people have the vaccine, it means the virus can't spread as easily. Because that's how you won't get sick and then all your friends and your family won't get sick. You might be wondering why grown-ups are getting the vaccine, but you're not. There are two types of coronavirus vaccines available in Australia. One is called Pfizer and the other one is AstraZeneca. 
scientists worked really hard to make sure that both of these vaccines worked to stop the virus and that they were safe for adults. But scientists need to do different tests on the vaccines to make sure they're safe for kids too. They say the vaccines will probably work the same for kids as they do for adults, but the dose, that means the amount of vaccine in the needle, will be different for kids. I don't like needles. I had a needle and it didn't hurt. People have lots of different feelings about needles. Lots more tests are happening now and we should know soon if and when children can get a coronavirus vaccination as well. Until then, there are some things that you can do to keep yourself safe. Keep washing your hands with warm, soapy water. Remember to cough and sneeze into your elbow and keep following all the rules where you live to stay healthy. And with that, we are up to our lucky last story of the week. Story number one. Welcome to the Mojave Desert of California, USA. It's home to cacti, tumbleweeds, rocks and rattlesnakes. They're venomous snakes that live in America that have a rattle at the end of their tail. That's right. And along with some sneaky scorpions, they've found a new favourite sleeping spot. The wheels of aeroplanes that are on the ground. What? Yep. Not many people have been travelling overseas since the coronavirus outbreak, so lots of aeroplanes have been out of action. One group of Australian planes is being kept in storage here in the desert. So the snakes and scorpions have made themselves at home in the wheels, where it's nice and quiet and shady. They can bite you. Mm-hmm. Snakes can bite and scorpions can sting. And that's why the plane's engineers have had to figure out a way to get rid of them. So they've designed something called a wheel whacker. Because if you whack the wheels, then they'll get out because they're getting whacked. That's the idea. The wheel whackers are really just wooden sticks. And the engineers carefully tap the plane's wheels every morning to wake up the snoozy snakes and scorpions. When they wake up, they slither and skitter away safely. The engineers say that it does the job and it makes sure that no snakes or scorpions or humans get hurt. But this isn't the way that you should ever get rid of a dangerous animal. If you ever see a snake or a scorpion, the safest thing you can do is give it lots of space. Stand very still and call an adult. You know exactly what to do. And don't be worried about any snakes or scorpions on your next flight. These planes won't be back in the air for a couple of years yet. And by then, they will be 100% snake and scorpion free. And that's it, my friends. That is the end of this week's Newstime Countdown. Thank you so much for all your help with today's stories. Thank you, Ruby. I better get busy and start searching for next week's news. See you soon. Bye. 